starting out as an electrician, well, yeah, it can. It can be a little bit scary at times because you've gone out, you've gone to college, you've got all the paperwork to say you can do it. But now you've got to actually go out and do it. And you're maybe going to do it for yourself. You're going to take all the responsibility on your own shoulders. And the funny thing is, you've more than likely done this job a thousand times. But in that position, you've had maybe someone above you just to check over. So somewhere down like around the corner where you can say, right, is this right? Is this correct? Just to confirm, you've got a bit of that security blanket when you're working for somebody else, maybe sort of thing, or working for someone higher up that's taught you as an electrician to forget to where you are today. So it can be a little bit scary when you're sort of on your own. But this time, it's all on you. You've got to work out the cable sizes you're going to put in because you're not going to be dictated to by uh, someone else above. You've got to design the the installation for the electrical, what you're doing in a property or maybe on site somewhere. And then you've also got to determine the right size fuses, whether it's an industrial or commercial with C-type or B-type, RCBO, arc protection, AFDDs. It's all these things that you've got to activate in your brain what you've learned at college. But you can't help it. It happens to the best of us. You're thinking, ah, what if I mess this up? And then if I mess this up, hang about, am I going to get paid? Am I going to be unsuccessful? My first job's going to be a nightmare. These sort of things go round in your head. It doesn't matter how confident you are. There's something at the back of your mind thinking, yeah, is this the right move? I'm more than likely the same as everybody else. It happens to everyone. The thing is, you've been doing it for like 10 years or 20 years for somebody else and getting paid to do it. But it's when you go out on your own and you think, right, all the responsibility is on me. It can be. It can be a little bit scary. Toolbox Talks for Electricians. Helping electricians gain back time, reduce stress and earn more money. Hello once again and welcome back. My name is Ben Poulter, your host of Toolbox Talks for Electricians. And there's so many people out there, whether you're an electrician, a plumber, a builder, they're all thinking, right, should I do this on my own? Should I go out on my own? Should I start my own business for a life of a bit more freedom and basically to become my own boss? You just want to live your life on your own terms a little bit. You get sort of fed up with people telling you where to go, what you've got to do, and you're on a bit of a time limit. Years ago, when I worked for somebody else, I used to hate it. On a Friday, you'd go back to the yard thinking, well, where the hell are they going to send me next week? And they'd say, right, Ben, you're imbued. You're helping some electricians pull some cables in. Great. Cornwall, in the summertime, yeah, it is fantastic. But in the wintertime, it's just like the rest of the UK, wet and windy and miserable. You don't want to be lodging out in a place like that. But I do have a lot of respect for somebody where they've took the they've took the leap. They're going to do it. They've decided they're going to do it. They're going to go out and they're going to work on their own. They're going to start their own business because it is hard and it's not as easy as maybe everyone makes out it to be. Like, yeah, you can start up on your own. It's a, it's a piece of piss sort of thing. It's not. It's difficult and there is challenging times, but it's how you deal with them challenging times is what matters that makes it more successful in the wrong one, wrong, long one. Because if you speak to anyone that started their own business, they said, yeah, it's easy. Yeah, maybe now it's easy because you've got established, you've got into your routine of the things of how you do things and how you get work and your wholesalers you go to. Getting everything set up in the first place, that's a little bit tedious or tricky, should I say. Because unlike being employed as an electrician or being employed in any job, all the responsibility is now on you. 
You've got to do the quotes. You're responsible for the invoices. Obviously, get the money in. You've got to pay the wholesalers. You've got to keep that van maintained. If a lot of the time was something that I noticed as when I started up on my own, I thought, well, hang about, yeah, well, I'll get insurance, public liability. I've got to do all this. I didn't have to get that when I was employed. I was all, all everything was done for me. So when you're employed, yeah, it's a bit of an easy life sometimes. Yeah, you earn a lot less money, but you need to earn a bit more money being self-employed because you've got to pay for your van, especially if it needs a repair every now and again. When I first started out, the little vans that I got, or the, the dodgy rubbish vans that I first started out with, which were a bag of bolts, they did need repairing all the time. And I they probably used a lot more fuel. They were rubbish. And then it comes down to the kit you've got as well. You need to make sure you've got all the kit to do the job. Because when you're self-employed, or when, no, sorry, when you're employed and you work for a company, if you haven't got the right kit, you can just go back to your boss and say, look, I need this specialised kit. And they've more than likely got it in their storage area or one of the other electricians have got it so you can borrow people's kit to do it. Like I remember when we were making off these 150 mil cables. You weren't going to do it with them then hand crimpers, you needed a battery crimper, a hydraulic crimper, and that was sort of a grand. So the company that I worked for went out and bought a few of them. They had a bit of money there sort of thing, so they could do that, and they did make our life a lot easier. But if you're doing it for yourself, you've got to find that grand to go and get that kit. And then you've got it on your back as well that, You've quoted the job, you've sat down, you've done it in detail. You say, right, this is what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it, the materials I'm going to use. Then when you get to do the job, there's always a little bit in the back of your mind thinking, sugar, have I done this right? Have I priced the materials for what I'm going to use? Am I, am I going to make a bleeding profit here, basically? Well, this is something that I didn't do when I first started out. I just got excited, went straight into it, started leafleting and trying to do my own work. I didn't make a plan. Anytime I always say to people, fail to plan, plan to fail. And it's so true in everything you do. If you make a plan to start with, how are you going to do it? What are you going to do? And stick to that plan. And then every little step you take, sometimes it might be difficult. You can't find the work, maybe. You might can't find the credit. You get a decent credit at wholesalers. You, you make a plan to overcome that step because you need that step. This is the step for the master plan. So all these little plans, all these little steps that you take, you need to find a way to overcome each one. I think it's called getting all your ducks in a row. Basically, you get all your ducks in a row, ready to fire, ready to go out there, ready to start your own business. So firstly, take your time to sit down and write a little bit of a list of outgoings, your insurances, your public liability, and maybe the fuel for the van. The things that you need, because obviously when you're employed again, it was fantastic. If you needed a bit some PPE with some goggles or a hard hat or a high vis, you just go to the storeroom and pick some up or just go on account and you go and get it from the wholesalers. I got so much kit from the company I used to work for. But when it's on your own and it sort of gets damaged and you've got to replace it, you realise that, hang about, them boots were 50 quid. That's a bit expensive. So you've got to make allowances for everything that you need. So make these lists. And then go out there as well and get an account. You get everything on account because it makes your life a lot easier. You don't have to. A lot of people don't like having it on account. It's a bit like a credit card, a credit account. But on the wholesalers, they look after you a lot better. If you've got a trade account with a wholesaler, don't just get one either. One you might use, your main one sort of thing, yes. But get two because one wholesaler's, they don't always have the kit in. And you might get a different branded kit from somewhere else. So get at least two. I'm one of these geeks that went around the whole town and got an account with all of them, just in case that was the closest one I was working to, because it made my life a little bit easier. 
And if you have an account with the wholesalers, you do. The trade get a better price. Whatever you say, whatever you do, Joe Public get a worse price than what maybe a trade electrician does. So get yourself a trade account because I did this in another podcast. I tested out. I tested out going into a wholesaler's as Joe Public and seeing what I can get these materials for and then phone back up as a trade accountant, uh, as a trade person with an account. And yeah, you got it a bit cheaper. Another thing, I think a mistake what I did when I first started out is when you go around somebody's house and you give them a quote, they'll say to you, oh, mate, how how much is that going to cost? And the little numbers will tick around in your head and you think, yep, I could do this for a couple of hundred quid. So you say a couple of hundred quid, you can't help it. The first thing that comes out of your mouth. But don't do it because then you go back and you work it out and you think, flip, a couple of hundred quid is going to cost me that for materials. So you have to go back to them and say, look, sorry, but... It's more because you've got to put your labour on top. So don't tell a customer like a price top of your head. So you've got to go back. You've got to work it out unless it's putting up a light or changing a socket. Yep, you can pull a, pull a figure out of thin air sort of thing. 55 quid to change your light. You could do it there and then maybe. But if it's a big job like a, a, a you're fitting a new circuits into kitchen, you're upgrading the board, just say, okay, I'm going to send you on a quote. So we've got it on a bit of paper. So we're both singing from the same hymn sheet in a way. You both know what that job is going to cost you. So you don't have to come back at the end of the job and go, well, yeah, I did say 200 quid, but it's 250. Because a custom will moan without a doubt, especially in domestic. And also when you do the quote, you can maybe have a little bit of detail that you put at the bottom. When you say, if you've got to do chases for maybe some sockets, you've got to chase down the wall, you've got to rip that plaster off. It's how it works. You maybe got to, if it's dot and dab, you've got to put a few holes in the wall to get that cable down, to get your capping in or anything like that. Then put that in your quote as well. Say, look, sorry, mate, but I do not make good after the chases. I put the clips in enough so it's nice and tidy and it's safe, but you will need to get a plaster to come and finish. Because the amount of times I've been to people's houses and they say, well, hang about, what are we meant to do with that? It's a mess. Yeah, I know it's a mess. I had to make the mess. I had to smash all the plaster out. I'll tidy up like, I'll admit that, I'll tidy up after myself, but I don't plaster. I've tried plastering. I am rubbish at it. You need to get a plaster in, plasterer in to come and make good. They, they're a professional job. They they make it look 10 times better than what some electrician that comes along and fills the chases in. It's, it's not my forte. And when you're starting out and your name gets around and people sort of know you and they ring you up, you'll get these little jobs when, I don't know, maybe they're trying to help you out. You say, well, can you just change this light fitting? I just want an outside socket putting in. But you can use these jobs to your advantage as well. Because if you're there, you'll put an outside socket in, maybe change the light. Obviously, you're going to turn the board off. You're going to test it when it's all done and dusted. There's always recommendations you can spot tag a little added bit of paper or add a little few notes. Like, I hope you don't mind, but while I was in your property, I could recommend that you maybe your lighting circuit is not RCD protected. I could maybe recommend that you haven't got surge protection in your property. There's always little recommendations that will get you just a little bit more work. And I'll be honest with you, the customer will appreciate it as well. you just giving them a little bit of advice. You can say to them, look, it's not critical. You get this done. But this is something that I recommend as an electrician. 
because a lot of jobs that you go around, people might say the whole house went off. It was a nightmare. Everything went off. We, the RCD tripped and took the whole house out. It, the electric is a mess. And you might say to them, right, it's not a mess. You've got water in that outside light that's about 100 years old. So you take the light down, replace the light. But you can suggest to them to say, look, you've got a split load board. This could happen again with maybe your old appliances, the old socket that you've got out there, the old wiring. It hasn't been tested, maybe. So you could maybe recommend an ERCI test on the house or... What I reckon you could recommend is changing that board to RCBOs, where you can explain that if there's a problem with one circuit, that individual circuit will trip. It won't take out, take out the sockets for your fridge and freezers. It won't take out your upstairs and downstairs lights. It will separate it up. It's a lot more convenient for a domestic house. And that is a lot of way what, what I've said to people to... Well, to basically get them to change the board. And I like doing RCBO boards. It separates up. It makes it like a lot neater. And it's more convenient for the customer. Because I feel that customers don't only want things to be safe in their property. They want less disruption. Minimal disruption, should I say. If they're going to have a circuit or have a fault, something like that, their cooker goes off. They don't want their cooker to take all their sockets out, off as well with the RCD tripping in a split load board. It's an inconvenience. And if you can sell them that sales pitch in a way, it does sound like a sales pitch. It's not a sales pitch. It's just a recommendation, but it will sound like a sales pitch to some people. You're just letting them know that, hang about, this is the this is what you do to stop that from happening. This is how you overcome it. And to be honest with you, it'll make your property 10 times better. And also with these small jobs, you can just go that little bit further and obviously you introduce yourself and you meet these customers and you can explain to them, yep, I'm just starting up on my own. Could you give me maybe a Google review? Or if you feel like it, recommend me to your family and friends. And there was a few other things I did as well to sort of build my business over time, like newsletters to customers. But that was something that I did like later on down the line. Because at the beginning... I didn't off, didn't start off making better money than I was subbing at the time. That came later on. There's a few lessons I needed to learn before actually I sort of got deep into making a decent, decent living and a better living than I was subcontracting, building a business on my own. And one job that sticks in my mind, it was when I first started out, it was through my builder. And this was when my builder was first started out as well. So I signed up to my builder and I got a few jobs out of that. It wasn't too bad when it first started out. I'm not sure what it's like now. Obviously haven't been on my builder for 10, 15 years, but it was one of the biggest jobs I was starting out on my own. It was from a fireman. I remember, I think his name was Steve. I can't remember now, but it was a fireman. It um, bought a house to do up because he was a chippy, but he needed an electrician to come in there and give a whole new rewire. And I thought, this is quite a good job for me as on my own. This is something that I'm going to start doing on my own, my own business. So that was, when you just do a whole rewire, it's nice. It's nice to get your hands deep into something where you can get it done and get it do a good job, basically. And I knew that that fireman or Steve sort of thing was doing it to flip the house. So I went in at a good price, a competitive price, trade for trade in a way. And it was empty, so it'd be nice and easy. So I think I went in around three and a half grand, which was pretty cheap, I think. Looking back now, thinking three and a half grand to rewire a free bed house. Yeah, pretty cheap. But it was something I started out. I wanted to gain the experience as well with working for myself and with the wholesalers and things like that. But the main thing was to do a good job, obviously. And the bonus with that property is he said, right, there we go. We agreed on it all. There's the key. Crack on. I could get in there 24 hours. So that was a bonus because, yeah, I needed them 24 hours to do a lot of work.
and I wouldn't say that when I started out, I was a slow electrician, maybe just a bit cautious. I remember when I first fixed it, first fixed it, I would bail the cables out just to make sure I don't do that anymore. I'm confident, but I did everything as you do at college, what you were taught at college, you do everything by the book because I wasn't a hundred percent confident. I've been qualified maybe for four years. Well, less than that, to be honest, I think, because I started out as soon as I was qualified. So, yeah, I hadn't been qualified for long, so I wanted to make sure that everything was just tip-top. So I did it out how I was taught at college. When you wire a circuit, you test it before second fix. I don't, I don't do it anymore. I'm confident now. You see where the cables are going. You know they're not damaged. So I don't really test it. I'm quite confident. I'll test it all back it when it's done and dusted, when I can turn it on and energize it, do the last test, and that's a lot quicker. But being a bit of a geek and doing it like this as well, I don't think I made a fantastic profit out of that job. Yep, I earned money, but I probably earned about £100 a day. It weren't the best job to make them the best profit out of the job. But another lesson that I learned that I didn't mention to the customer, because he comes along later on and goes, Ben, can we put TV points in every room? Yeah, we can, but I didn't quote for that. Ben, can we do this? Ben, can we do that? I'm like, right, okay, sugar. Yep, we can do it all, but I wanted to get it down on paper. I didn't get a chance. We just had to verbally agree it. I swear there were so many extras that I must have missed out on to when I eventually did the invoice for him. But now I mention everything. Do you want TV points put in your house? Or to these days even, do you want network cabling? Because people understand that if you're disrupting the plaster in a property and it might be a couple of hundred quid more to buy a, a load of cat six cable to run into each position in the house, then yeah, it might be a little bit of an extra. But it's a nice, easy job because they might ask for it later on. So you've got to mention it to them to say, would you want this? Because then you could say later on, yep, it's 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 done. Like Maybe later on you can say to them, sorry, that it's too late because you did mention it. You did ask them. Well, you're saying that, but sometimes customers do say, I've had a little thought, Ben. I do want that RJ45 plug. Oh, you're like, okay, we can do this because customers are always right and you've got to do it. But as long as you can explain to them, yeah, it's extra work because I've done that bit now. But the problem that I had that I didn't write everything down and get it agreed, like the TV points, the supply to the shed, all the extra lights, all the extra sockets under the cupboard that they needed for maybe a tumble dryer, I didn't get them agreed on paper. So when it come to the end of it, I wrote it all down. That guy just assumed I was going to throw it in with it. Oh, I thought that was included. Well, no, because... You asked it to be extra. So it was a difficult bit of an argument. I had to bite the bullet in the end because I wanted to stay friends with the guy because I think he was flipping a few houses. That um, I had to pay for them. He paid the materials and I just lost out on the labour, basically. But that is a lesson learned. I find this was a, a valuable lesson that I needed to learn for working for myself because it ain't happened again since. And it does seem fantastic when you get paid from a job, especially like a rewire. Four grand straight in your account. Woohoo! I'm loaded. I'm going out spending some money. That is a mistake as well, I think, because not all that money is yours. Because later on down the line, that wholesaler bill will come in. You think, ah, right, yeah, that's 700 quid out of that. So, okay, yeah, £3,200. Nice one. But hang about, yeah, I did get a couple hundred quid's worth of materials from that other site as well. I hang about my part here registration. I've got to get that done. That, um, that's got to pay for that in a way sort of thing. So there's all these little things that have got to come out. And you might end up with this little bit at the bottom where you think, ah, wasn't a good a job after all. I always think when I rewired that house, I think it took me a couple of weeks. I could have earned more money being a bleeding dustbin man. But of course, 
these mistakes, these are lessons to learn. It didn't put me off carrying on to build my own business. The only thing that I suggest is don't make the same mistake twice. Because, yep, you make a mistake the first time, it's a bit of a lesson learned. But just remember, if you make it again and say, right, oh, this happened before, you feel quite dumb. So, yeah, don't do it again. Learn from the mistake the first time. If you do something wrong, think about how you're going to do it differently the next time. As with anything, the more work you do and the more your business builds up, you'll do the quotes and invoices a lot more and more. And you'll get a lot more confident in what you're recommending to the customers. Sometimes you can go to a property and say, look, if you're going to use this room, it's quite far from your router. You could probably do an advantage with running a, a Cat5 cable for your internet rather than counting, like relying on the Wi-Fi. Because things like that will come over with experience. And the bigger and the better you get, you'll get asked to quote for bigger and more pricier jobs because this happened to me. I got asked to basically change all these light fittings in a warehouse to LEDs, which I said, not a problem. We can do that. We got a sample LED, put it up. Yep. Fantastic. We'll have them. 15 grand's worth. Right. Okay. 15 grand. My account, the wholesalers, they could up my account to eight grand, but I was only on five, so I couldn't bang it up to 15 straight away. I was a bit concerned how I was going to pay for these fittings, and I didn't want to have to go to the bank and get a loan or anything until I found out about a pro forma invoice. What a godsend that is. It's a great idea. Do it all the time now. Do an invoice for a pro forma. So a pro forma invoice is where you basically give the invoice to the customer, telling them what the work, what you're going to do, and this is what you need up front to make a start. So they give me 15 grand for the lights. That was fantastic. Obviously, you add your 20% to the lights. So obviously, I was in profit straight away before you even started the job, and that was a bonus. And it's always a good idea for jobs over 10 grand do a pro forma invoice, especially for companies that are out there at the moment, because with the current climate, you don't know whether halfway through that job, they might go, Ben, we're in liquidation. You're screwed then because you ain't going to get paid and you're just stuck with all these materials. So yeah, make sure you do a pro forma invoice. It's just a little bit of a security blanket back to make sure that, yeah, you ain't going to be stuck. If you've been paid for them, basically it's a bonus. It, it makes you feel better and confident when doing the job. And I would always say, keep on top of your paperwork. It's a little bit embarrassing if you haven't paid your wholesaler bill and you walk in there one day, you just, you've got to be quick because you want to get a few sockets or you want to get a bit of cable or a drummer cable. So Ben, you're on stop. You're like, whoa, 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 why? You haven't paid your bill. Ah, I forgot all about it. You're too busy doing invoices, doing quotes. You sort of put spending money on the back burner. It's the sort of last thought when you're spending out. You should obviously keep it on your forefront sort of thing. You should be one of the main things that you do to pay your invoices. I had a good relationship. It was fine. I said, yep, we'll pay it now. Sort of thing. It was a couple of grand. So we'd be able to pay the invoice and get up and running straight away. And another thing is, don't be afraid to lose a job. Amount of times I've been around people's houses and they've said, Ben, we've had someone come along that'll do it £500 cheaper. Go for that guy £500 cheaper then. Not interested. Don't be this person that's saying, okay, I could come down a couple of hundred quid because that's the whole reason maybe people do it. But some people, I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people are a bit, a little bit cheeky and they think, right, I'm just going to tell him I've had another guy come around and give me a quote that's done a better, better quote for me. Nine times out of ten, they haven't. They're just trying to get you down. Just go, fine, fantastic. You crack on, get that guy to do the job. Give me a ring if there's any problems. We'll keep it open for another another project that you're doing one day. Maybe I could quote you for that. Because a lot of the time as well, they ring me up and go, actually, can you, can you do the job? Because the other guy couldn't start until like three months. 
okay, no worries. You, I don't get it. You're going to pay £500 more. Just get it done sooner, which is fine. So don't be that person that races to the bottom. Don't even knock 50 quid off. This is the thing. It's, if it's your price, it's your price. Stick to it. Because what I always find, if there's a customer that doesn't want to pay maybe a £1,000 for a job you quoted, and you're arguing about there'll be 10 more customers maybe just down the road along that same street that will be happy to pay you a £1,000 for that work that you've maybe quoted for. There'll always be someone down the road. You don't want to get stuck in a position where you thought, yeah, I asked my price and did it for 500 quid. You're sitting on that job maybe a couple of days doing it and someone rings you up and says, I want the same job done that you've quoted for a £1,000 for last week. Mm, you don't want it, and maybe they might want it done like today or the next day. You don't want to be that person that's sitting there going, flip, I'm earning 500 quid here when I could be down the road. Stick to your prices. It's You know what you're worth. But above all, remember why you started out on your own. Remember why you started out to build your own business. You wanted to do it to be your own boss, and you wanted to do it to earn more money, have a bit more freedom, and to have someone dictate to you what you wanted to do or what they wanted to pay you. That would be a good thing to remember as well. So after this, go and check out the podcast where electricians earn 156 grand a year. That will make you want to stick around. So until next time, I'll see you again. Hold up. 